All right, we're back with another episode, and uh, I'm going to skip the question of the week again and just jump into the, today's history. And uh, there wasn't much, but um, we have a couple of birthdays. Viola Davis was born this day in 1965, so she's 55 years old today. And then uh, Chris Hemsworth was born in 1983, so that makes him 37. And I, I was just thinking, I imagine there's a lot of people in Hollywood, since there's so many people that um, a lot of people have like shared birthdays. Mm-hmm. And um, something else, and this isn't next. I mean, this isn't history, but um, if the Olympics would have happened this year, Sunday would have been the closing ceremony. I think, I think I heard that Sunday, and I was just like, "Wow, we've really been locked yeah. down forever." <laughs> crazy, yeah. And the and the kind of crazy thing is like the Olympics were canceled, and right. yet. Like we're still battling to play like college football and right, yeah, NBA and stuff. And it's like y'all they, be okay, right? They canceled the the biggest, you know, world sporting event, and yeah, right. So we'll just to see what happens, right, right. One likes film, the other TV. Together, they chronicle life in the peak entertainment era. It's a streamable life. All right, we'll go ahead and jump into our headlines here. There's a lot going on today, but I've sort of picked out some of the big stories here. Yeah. Um, first up, excuse me, Marvel is allegedly eyeing Shia LaBeouf to play Iceman for their... Um, cinematic universe yeah i saw that so as you all know iceman was an is an x-man um character who was um first brought to the live screen by i think it's sean ashmore in the Mm -hmm. x-men films of the 2000s um and this would be shy's like first return to a big budget film since i guess a Transformers saga really yeah i think so which I mean, I'm not against it. He's a good actor, and he seems to be on the, on that sort of uh, resurgence in his career. So, yeah, he uh, he commits. That's for sure. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely commits. And along those lines, I saw where Marvel is in talks with Disney Plus to revive their '90s animated X-Men series. Okay. So I guess it'd be like a reboot of the series with the original creators. Um, all right yeah which a lot of people go up for the x-men anime series which was on fox then was was a big deal yeah i i kind of remember it but yeah not not all that much yeah i i started watching it um when disney plus first dropped and there's episodes i remember but i didn't follow it like religiously so it's definitely something to get into um, then FX finally announced the premiere date for its season four of Fargo. Um, this is their anthology series sort of loosely based on the 1996 film. So mm-hmm. year, a year or so ago, it was announced that Chris Rock would be leading uh, this season of Fargo. And yeah. they were two episodes away from completion in March when COVID shut everything down. Dang. Yeah. So they've been on a five-month hiatus, and they said this week 
they'll be uh, begin filming the final two, the final two episodes in Chicago. So we can expect it to come September 27th, I believe, is when that will premiere. Yes, a Sunday. I need to. I've I've seen the movie, and the movie is really good. But yeah, I need to check that out. Yeah, I've heard good things about this series, especially this last, this past season. Um, yeah. Uh, apparently, yeah. Rock and another actor will be heads of um, uh, rival crime mob families in 1950s Kansas City. Oh, okay. So it'll be an interesting watch. Yeah. And then finally today, there was some news brewing that uh, um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reboot is in the works with Will and Jada and um, uh, Writer named Morgan Cooper. Apparently, uh, I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, I think a year or so ago there was a fan-made trailer. Yeah, I saw Air. Yeah, yeah. Uh, someone made a trailer of Bel Air reimagining the sitcom as a drama series, and like it looked really good. So apparently, um, the reboot will will take this sort of look at the Fresh Prince story, which I mean you can do in any kind of time period. Yeah, true. So it'll be an hour-long um, drama series. And they said they have a lot of potential streamers um, wanting, a, wanting a straight to order series. So they're um, vetting Netflix, HBO Max, Amazon Prime, and Apple Plus TV, just to, to name a few who want a shot at landing the series. Yeah, that, you know, if they had serious, you know, if they're serious and it sounds like it is, they won't have any trouble uh, finding someone to pick that up. Oh, definitely not. Yeah, and and I think it's the way a reboot should really be done. Like, not just sticking black folks and white folks right. roles or anything like that, but just taking a property that people know and and modernizing and giving it a different feel, a different twist to where the narrative is the same, but the execution right is different. Yeah. So. The, it's been a, a big news week just in general in the industry and um, those were some shining lights I found uh, just with all the like other things going on in, in TV and film. Yeah, uh, yeah. So. All right. All right. That concludes our headline segment. We'll now get into the NLT where we'll be discussing the season finale of Perry Mason, Chapter Eight. Yeah. Um. Basically, this was the the trial, the the closing arguments, the last minute evidence, the rebuttal, uh, last chance before the jury puts forth um, a verdict for Emily Dodson in the kidnapping and subsequent murder of her son Charlie. Yeah. Um, what did you what did you think of the verdict? Did you think that was going to to happen? I had a feeling she wasn't going to be found guilty. I thought, how is this? I think it's probably like we know that she didn't do it, and so we know that she's innocent. But I think for the trial and maybe for the show's sake not giving her just completely being innocent made more sense. You know what I mean? Like if mm-hmm. it fit with 
with what was going on and how they were treating her that they didn't find her guilty, but it was a mistrial. So, yeah, I, I think so too. Cause like, like, um, uh, uh, what's this burger was telling, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mason, like all their evidence is very circumstantial. It right. wasn't as strong as he thought. And plus he got the evidence kind of illegally most of it so right right there wasn't any way to disprove the sort of conspiracy barnes had already uh driven up Um, i was so upset at the way they opened (laughs) opened the show with that with like the mock yeah the mock child that went back yeah i was I, i was a little confused i was like wait a second what just happened yeah but i kind of got a feeling something was off because Burger kept asking Della, like, is like he was like signaling, asking if right. like what Mason was saying was true. And she's like, no. I was like, well, then how is this? Right. But yeah, that was a, a great fake. Yeah, it was really well shot because, it, yeah, it was so believable. I was like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Very believable. Um, yeah, we basically got all the, all the truth here, even though it wasn't admissible in court. Yeah. Um, especially the one guy's testimony that was basically found inadmissible, the bookkeeper. Yeah. Right, right. Totally threw his his testimony out. But um I think I really the the mistrial, you know, was sort of foreseeable. But I think yeah. what was more more important that was just the sort of um results for every character in in the story which eventually lead us perfectly to season two but just right. revelations um starting at some reason i didn't uh starting at the the I, idea that george was part of the scheme well, i don't know why i didn't i didn't see that before yeah i'm i'm right there with you it makes so much sense now that you know they heard how it went down since I mean since we've heard as the the viewers how it went down but through it all I I genuinely just thought that he was just into her I didn't think there's anything else behind it (laughs) yeah yeah so basically his relationship with her was all a plot to get this money to get the church out of debt per se right um so we we find out that George was part of it all along the relationship was a lie um and basically uh to take Enos doesn't take the stand or yeah he didn't take the stand yeah he yeah yeah he didn't even show up no um and then uh Keats decides to join Burger's team to sort of go after the church because they they're clearly yeah something's wrong there something's wrong there yeah. um and you know Mason's kind of hurt about that, but I'm sure they'll interact yeah, work with each other, whatever. Yeah, Keith's yeah. just going for his, you know, basically. Right. Um, and then we have sort of like the the closing for everybody. Um, Drake and Della join Mason and Associates, basically. Yeah. Um. It's his law office now, and 
I, I really liked how, how all that worked out because yeah. Dylan is a valuable part of right of the firm. And that's pretty much what she made clear in, in that last scene was like, you know, if we're going to do this, I'm going to be you know, treated fairly. Like, mm-hmm. And then Drake is an, an actually excellent detective. Um, mm-hmm. He resigns at the police station, gives up his gun. I didn't realize he hadn't been there in like a month. Yeah, no, neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> he like has just stopped showing up. They didn't even yeah. look for him was a thing. Right. They literally didn't care. Uh, but he gives up the police force to join Mason and also to protect his family, of course. Um, and Clara has her baby and everything. And yeah. then I think the big shocker for me, well, before we get to that, um, Emily sort of distraught, just exhausted from the trial, sort of becomes Mother Alice's, well, what's her name? Does she have a name? The, her mother? I think they were calling her like Bunny or Beanie or something. It was something with the B. I can't remember. Okay, well, she becomes her latest prop in her religious state. Right, right. Because um, we still don't know where this baby came from. I'm so glad you said that. Because I was like, hold on, man. She just stole somebody's baby. Like, there's a giant hole in this story. Like, right. A baby just out of nowhere. And <laughs> I guess some way Emily finds comfort in this child, like a second chance at motherhood, right. which is nice. Right. But like a part of that circle, it, it can't be good. And nothing no. can come good of that. Um, and then the biggest surprise for me was Holcomb taking out Enos. Yeah. That was, I knew something was up, but I didn't think they were going to do, do them like that, man. Right. So we got somewhat some form of justice because yeah. he was dirty. Holcomb was, you know, a little dusty. He didn't realize Enos was like filthy dirty. Right, right. Um, and I think he, he mainly took him out because he saw him as a danger. Like he wasn't. Yeah, he's like a liability. Yeah. Yeah. But that scene was really. <laughs> like they drowned in the fountain like yeah man just and then you had the whole story then we'll move on soon um he finally gave up his land to Luke oh Bay yeah and uh that whole situation and then which i mean he it, it it was time like right yeah it it, it kind of just seemed best to do that mm-hmm. he was holding on to something that wasn't serving yeah. him as well anymore so then, and then finally we get the scene with Perry. We're not don't know exactly where know exactly where he was. He was just kind of out and about, and he runs into Sister Alice, who's donned you know a brunette, short haircut, and yeah, is hopefully getting a new lease on life from the grips of her mother, and yeah, and still being quite faithful, which I don't ever. Th- question her faith it was just yeah there's just she had some some well given that backstory that we saw she we could tell that she had deeper issues yeah yeah, yeah. and the mother was the root of it basically yeah so it mm-hmm. i think was a, a great episode and a perfect setup for season two. Oh yeah absolutely i think uh 
I was just, I don't know. I was, I was, I think I was surprised. Like I, I didn't, I didn't watch the original Perry Mason. I've only seen maybe a couple episodes, but um, this was, this, this was really good. And HBO has been killing it, man. They really have. They really yeah. have. And a great Easter egg was the ending credits. They played the, the yeah. original theme song. All right. Which like took me, and I've always loved that theme song. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that until I saw the. Uh, I read something like a review, and then I saw that. I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was a uh, Perry Mason. Um, we'll have season two sometime. Yeah, I guess we'll wait, and they'll put something out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah in the future. <laughs> right. Um, and then we had the premiere of Showtime's We Hunt Together. Did you uh, watch this at ten? Uh, yes, I did. I watched it. Well, I, I DVR'd it, so. Okay. So yeah. what were your thoughts on this first episode? Okay. Um, so I didn't know much of anything going in other than it was kind of like a cat and mouse type situation, or the, at least that's what it turns out to be. But um, I don't know how I say this. I didn't. I think it just needs to grow on me. I didn't dislike it at all, but it it kind of gives me some like uh knockoff uh killing eve vibes but i don't know it, it was all right i i'll probably keep watching it yeah 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 I, i'd say the same thing it was uh interesting concepts it right. just took me a while to sort of well i mean it's just the first episode but it just took me a while to get into like what exactly is going on yeah yeah i think we're in the same boat because <laughs> i was like okay i I, my, I guess my thing is we're gonna learn more about them in the oh god i didn't learn anybody's name but i don't yeah i probably you know, should watch it that late i need to rewatch right right the <laughs> w- the woman that is killing people i know the baba dude's name the woman that's with him the younger woman the one that's yeah. like yeah I guess we'll find out if she just has like a bloodlust and she's manipulative and she gets people to do stuff for her or like what her real motive is. Cause yeah. I was kind of stuck. Cause, cause their, their meeting everything seems so like out of the blue, which I mean, I guess that's the premise, but it, it just didn't. It really was so, yeah, it was very it, quick too. Like Yeah. Like, like 10 minutes and they're already like together and yeah no i like the chemistry and kind of the relationship between the two detectives yeah yeah but but we'll see where it goes and it took me a while to realize like the murder they're investigating was the one that right she did like i guess beforehand i don't yeah they kind of when you i guess when you're with baba and her it's was in the past and the f- present was right with the two detectives. detectives. Yeah, I yeah. didn't get that at first. So I'll definitely have to rewatch it because it was late and I right. was just like, I was watching, but. Right, not really like paying attention. Yeah. yeah. So, All right. And so we'll, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, next week, we will definitely be here to discuss the premiere episode of HBO's. Lovecraft Country, which will yes. take 
the 9 p.m. spot from Perry Mason. So you can definitely expect that. And I've already seen where there will be a Lovecraft radio podcast afterwards. Yeah, I saw that. I, I put it in my watch later on YouTube. I wasn't even sure what it was, but I'm going to watch yeah, it. I think, it's, I think it's, is it Misha Green and another writer or something discuss like certain points of episodes and stuff like that, I believe. Yeah, I think so. So that should be really good. My classroom. Anywho. All right. Our next session is a binge me, please. Anything we've been watching in between everything else. Um, I've been watching much. A friend and I are watching Moesha on Netflix. Oh, yeah. So that's been fun. Just sort of revisit like a childhood classic and just how much, just how totally different things are now compared to then. Uh, and the other show I've had down is P-Valley on Stars. If you're not watching P-Valley, please start. <laughs> it's, uh, of course, um, the premise is, you know, the stories and lives intersecting at a Southern strip club in Mississippi. But yeah, it's so much fun. And it, it has, I was watching this past week's episode and like a uh, whole scene and storyline really gave me like um, sort of women of Brewster's place vibes where mm. we actually get to see black women's relationships with each other, whether it's mother or yeah. daughter or best friend, you know, which is something you don't really see on TV at all these days. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's rare, other than like Insecure or shows on OWN, like Black women as leads with other Black women um, is a scarcity. So it, it was really yeah. good. And the, yeah. the characters are fleshed out pretty well. And it's really fun. Like, I think it's that perfect like mix of, of drama and sort of like just like black ethos, like you know this is a black show, you feel comfortable watching it, you you get the I don't know, the cues and stuff. It's just it's a feel good show. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll definitely have to check that out. I and I, I don't planned think, on watching it, but I just never started. <laughs> yeah, the season's not that long either. I think it's only like eight episodes this first season. Okay. Because I think the season finale is coming up either next week or the week after. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a hoot. Uh anything on your end? Uh not really. Just I got into movies this week, so I'll wait for that next part. But yeah, T V okay. show wise. Yeah, no, I've not really been. Yeah, I need to get back on it because again, just we'll get to it later, but just like looking at the Emmys and like the nominations, it's like <laughs> I'm not watching. Right. You think you're watching a lot, but you're really not. It's also, there's just too much. I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I definitely feel like I had a better grip when it was just like Netflix and regular TV. Like, yeah. And even then, I didn't see everything, but it's, it's definitely a now. All right, we'll enter the no concession segment where we'll first talk about um, some trailers that dropped here. First, um, we got the trailer for Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, This is a movie um, chronicling the sort of plot 
to assassinate um, Black Panther Party revolutionary of uh, Frank Hampton. Yeah. So this stars David Kaluuya, um, Lakeith Stanfield, and Jesse Plemons, and also um, her name Dion Fishback. Is that her name? Yeah, and she was in um, the Deuce. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. where I first saw her. She's in quite a bit lately. She's yeah. in this, and she's also in the upcoming movie with Jamie Foxx on Netflix. Yeah, her, I think her name is Dominique. Dominique Fishback. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I was, oh man, I'm waiting for her to get like a, a lead role because once they gave her more lines and her story more depth and the deuce, man, she knocked it out of the park like it was thrown to her underhand. She's really good. Yeah, she's really coming up. Um, but this trailer is looks amazing. Um, it's from the writer of, I think, um, shoot, now my mind slipped me. But it, it's produced by Ryan Coogler and directed by Shaka King. So okay. yeah. um, this is definitely a story that needs to be told. Yeah. Um, it's one I don't know much about, but. It def- it's definitely timely and sort of uh, something that we're, we're still sort of feeling the ramifications for so many years later. Uh, yeah, for sure. All right. Then next we had the trailer for HP Max's Raised by Wolves. Yeah. Um, this is a sci-fi thriller from Ridley Scott. Um, this will be his first uh, American television series that he's directed um, or been involved in. Um, and it basically tells the story of, you know, Earth has collapsed in the far future and two androids have been tasked to sort of create new life on a new planet. So they're basically created humans and are raising them. And pretty soon, you know, I guess like civil unrest begins Right, right. And they've got to figure out how to manage, you know, these new beings. Um, it looked really good from the trailer. Yeah, it did. It was intense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. And this drops, I think it's September 3rd. Yeah. Hold on a second. Okay. I just had the trailer up. Yeah. The cast looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's September third. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll I'll definitely be be looking be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah. it looks really good. And then finally this week, I think just yesterday, Netflix dropped the trailer for Away. This is a sort of space drama starring Hilary Swank. Hmm. And watching this, I noticed like the amount of space stories we've got with women leads is like yeah, they're a thing a yeah. yeah um but what i thought was like a more of a i guess action story it's it's really more more of a drama um swank plays an astronaut who leads a team on a three-year voyage to mars and sort of explores you know what that does to her family and the other yeah. uh, cadets, families, and their relationships, um, what kind of toll that will take on a person. I think it's from the people that did um, 
some other television dramas. I can't remember what they were now. I feel like it was like Brothers and Sisters and something else. Something real dramatic. Oh. Because it kind of threw me. Yeah. You know, Netflix, man, they, oh, if you follow them on YouTube, like, you get updates daily. Yeah, just constantly. Oh, my gosh. It's hard to keep up, honestly. Yeah. But that, that looks pretty interesting. I cannot remember the day that it's supposed to drop. September 4th. Oh, okay. Everything's in September. <laughs> so that, that should be interesting. I wonder how that will go. All right. That's enough of the trailers. You said you got into some movies this weekend. Yes, I did. I watched quite a few. It, I don't know. It's just easier to consume because um, it was like two hours or less and you're done. But yeah. anyways, I watched um, – the first one I watched was – it's kind of an old movie uh, – with Colin Firth and it's called a single man. And the premise is that he is, it's in, it's, I think it's 1962. And uh, he's in, he's an Englishman, but he lives in LA. He teaches there and um, he's gay and his, his, well, the guy that he's dating his partner, he, he dies in like this freak car accident. So what this does is it charts his character, Colin Firth's character, like his life post this relationship and it's his he, he after his partner dies he makes the decision to kill himself so the rest of the movie leads up to him getting ready to kill himself he goes and he purchases a gun and he kind of says his goodbyes and just goes through life and does other things and then he has kind of this moment of clarity where maybe things are better and you know maybe he doesn't have to do that and then he has a heart attack and dies <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's not supposed to be funny, but when I got to that part, I said, like, "You got to be kidding me, man! Damn, I watched two hours and he dies still." But, um, but yeah, no, it was good. Uh, Julianne Moore is in it. Um, yeah, like I said, Colin Firth, uh, Nicholas Holt, uh, and I can't remember who played his partner, but no, it was it was a good movie. And then, since I'm always late to stuff, I finally watched The Old Guard. Um, mm. and that was that was really good uh, one thing I like about action movies is I like action movies that don't take any time getting to the action like you know wow. I press play and this was you know going from the jump and yeah um, that was really good and uh, you've seen it and I'm sure whoever listens has probably seen it by now I'm always late to stuff but um, I like how Charlie Theron has kind of moved into this action role person i think she had i can't think of any of her older movies when she was like a like a badass but for me i mean it was mad max and then it was um Mm -hmm. what's the other one she had that blonde wig oh atomic blonde yeah atomic blonde um she has this and i'm sure there's some other ones in there but um she's good the story's good and you know when this first came out, everybody was saying, oh, yeah, you you know, I need a sequel to this, like, right now. And, uh, like, I completely agree. Like, when it finished, I was like, oh, wait, hold on. I'm not done watching this. Like, I'm not tired right. anymore. Right. The story yeah. is so rich. Yeah. It was it was crazy. And um, so, um, yeah, I'll definitely be 
looking up to see if there's any more of that. And then um, I watched Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark um, based on the book from, oh, I don't even know when that book came out, but um, this, this, it was, it was decent and it kind of played out like a, um, almost like a coming of age tale, but hold on a second. (coughs) Oh, goodness. Um, So the kids live in this little town uh, and there's always been this rumor of this spooky house and it happens around Halloween. These kids go there, they go in this house and they find this book that they said belonged to the woman that lived there. And um, the whole thing was that the woman was deemed crazy by her family and that she tried to poison um, like her nieces and nephews when in reality it was her other siblings that were doing it. And so this turned her crazy and upset and she wrote these dark, deep stories of kind of revenge. And then they start to come to life. Mm. Um, yeah, and but this is happening while Vietnam's going on in the background and there's like oh, races. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting and there's racist stuff too because this random guy, this random kid comes to town and he's like 18. They're, they're like high school age. He's like 18 or so. And he's um, Hispanic, but he uh, he gives one name and then the cops look him up and realize that he has another name and he's dodging the draft. And that's why he's in this little small town. He's just, he's like on the run. But oh, wow. yeah, it was, I mean, it was pretty decent. It was good and uh, I need to reread that book, which would probably look creepy going to the library and like, yeah, let me check out this children's book. But uh, <laughs> but it was pretty good. And it was right under um, two hours, I think. So no, it okay. was, I liked it. I don't think I ever knew the the setting for that film because I remember the trailers, but I wasn't sure if it was like modern or... Right, right. And I think that's how a lot of people... When it when it was announced, people were like, "Well, what's going to be the plot here?" Because the book, are they're all standalone stories for the most right, part, right? Yeah, because that almost would make a better like anthology series or just right, right, like, like mirror type thing. And that's what I thought. I thought they were going to pick the bigger stories and maybe focus on those. But the way they did it, it it ties it together, and for the most part, it makes sense. So, okay. I, yeah, I heard it was pretty good. Yeah. All right. That concludes our no concession segment. Now we will get to our feature presentation here with um, our predictions for the Emmys this year, 2020. Um, As you know, I think it was two weeks ago now, the Emmys were announced, nominations were announced, and they officially set an air date for Sunday, September 20th at 8 p.m. on ABC. It's supposed to be a virtual ceremony, so... A first, a first for one of the prestige award shows. We had a BT award show, which they handled it pretty well. Yeah, they did. Um, so we'll see how how the Emmys do in this go around in COVID. So um, before we get to our predictions of the major categories, I wanted to just hit up some um, happy surprises uh, nominations, and then also any snubs we may have had. So okay. Um, I print out all nominations and just overviewed some things that sort of caught my eye. Um, uh, 
uh, starting with outstanding choreography. I saw yeah. that um, Savage uh, Fenty show by Rihanna was on there. So yeah, that I watched that. That was really good. It was, and the choreography was bomb. So I could yeah. see that would be a big win for her because I hadn't yeah. seen anything else on that on that category. I don't remember. Right. But yeah, that stood out to me. Um, outstanding cinematography for a single camera series, half hour for Insecure's Low Key Happy. That okay. was a beautifully shot episode. Like that was like the general consensus after the episode aired. So that could definitely win. Right. Um, in, in the same category for limited series or movie, uh, Watchmen, this extraordinary being for yeah, cinematography. Yeah. A beautifully shot episode, especially with the black and white um, action and whatnot. Right. Um, and then outstanding commercial. I saw that PNG Procter and Gamble's The Look commercial has been nominated. That was a big deal. Um, when did that air? I want to say it was the BET Awards where. Uh, the father um, was like getting all these looks, you know, the suspicious black guy look. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was a, a big episode, a, a big commercial. Okay. Um, and then into some of the series stuff, I'm rooting for Cheer for Outstanding Uninstructed Reality Program. That was on yeah. Netflix. Um, rooting for Nicole Byer and Neil. That show is hilarious. Yes, it's so funny. And it, it's good. It's such a feel-good show, especially for All the right. contestants. Um, and then, uh, surprisingly, four of the five nominees for Outstanding Narrator are all Black people. Yeah. So, wow, that's huge. So we should get that one in the bag easily. Yeah. And then um, Outstanding Directing, we've got two for Watchmen for the pilot episode, which I thought was really good. Directed yeah. by Nicole Cassell, and then uh, this extraordinary being directed by Stephen Williams, and then we have Low Fires Everywhere, uh, episode eight, which was directed by the late Shin Lynn Shelton. Um, she just passed away like a couple months ago. Yeah, I think so. It was, yeah, I can't remember which month, but yeah, it was earlier this year. Yeah, which was really sad, but um, she was nominated posthumously, so that's pretty cool. And then we've got Outstanding Directing for Variety Series, Dime Davis being the first Black woman to be nominated in this category for a Black Lady Sketch show. Yeah. And then I had down um, music composition for a series, Original Dramatic Score. I had um, Labyrinth for Euphoria. Yeah. And also Ludwig Goranz. Goranz. Yeah. Him for The Mandalorian. <laughs> Um, Ludwig's the same composer uh, for Black Panther, so. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Those are my surprises. Yeah. Um, the, uh, not many, too, not too many surprises. I think I was surprised to see um, what's her name, Shira Haas, nominated for <clears throat> Unorthodox. It, mm -hmm. uh, it had a, a couple other nominations throughout all the different categories, but. Um, She's up against oh god, Regina King. Yeah, yeah. She's 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 got it tough, but yeah. Um, but it, it's pretty awesome to be nominated in this season because right, right. 
the limited series category is becoming like the the tour de force in yeah in absolutely now yeah and um then um other things that i saw you know i see bob's burgers i kind of want to see them win the, the simpsons have been on forever and somehow they always end up winning but you know it'd be nice right. to get a an upset in there and then another thing um just because i like i try to get a break from adult television sometimes I watch a lot of children's shows but steven universe was a really good show like it was it was a deep show and um, i know it has like a huge following but it's nominated for a short form animated program and just um i don't i watched the series finale and you know in children's shows they don't put stuff out there on like with words you just kind of have to pick it up and if you're an adult you can pick it up but it was there's so much about masculinity in that in steven controlling his anger and channeling it and just working through his problems i was like you know, this is this is a deep show you know i mean like for for kids so um i'd like to see that one and um yeah, yeah i've heard great things about it i've just never started it because my friend right. loved that show and and random and then we'll we'll move on but estelle was in the show from the jump and she's still in it and then just the other day i want to say oh it wasn't craig of the creek but i heard her voice in another another children's show i was just like hold on a second like she's made kind of uh uh the a jump to another form of art by you know being a voice actor but she has such a unique voice that you know oh yeah like, definitely yeah yeah and she's definitely needed because yeah the, the amount of black voice actors is slim to none right right yeah but yeah no so all but right yeah, that's, that's that so those were the surprises and random looks we'll now get to our snubs yes. um i had a few here um <laughs> Uh, despite being nominated for Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Directing in a Comedy Series, Rami did not have an Outstanding Comedy Series nomination. Yeah. Which, I mean, season two was excellent. So, I don't know what that means. Yeah, right. Um, but it is a first time uh, acting nod for Rami Youssef. For lead actor yeah that's good so that's a plus and then there wasn't anything for reese witherspoon for low fires everywhere right right nor anything for tiffany boone who i thought would would land a guest actor or supporting actress for her role especially in episode what episode was that seven i think Wh which, yeah. whichever episode went back in time it's sort of like told the uh, Mia story. Um, yeah, yeah. Because she was excellent as Carrie Washington as that character. Um, Viola Davis is absent for a final season How to Get Away with Murder. I don't care how crazy that show got. People watched for her performances. Right, right. Absolutely. She was, she was the stalwart there. So that was kind of disappointing. And then no acting nominations or really anything above production wise for the plot against America. Yeah. That I don't yeah. 
for one, I never know the dates that shows have to like be on to to get qualified to be nominated. But that that close, I know that clearly made it. Like that was coming on at the same time as Watchmen. That's just yeah. That's a that's a straight up snub because that show was 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 good. And it definitely made it because it's nominated for like best period costume, right? Yeah, something random. Yeah, I think I know there's a lot of favoritism in it, but mm-hmm. but yeah, that's definitely a show that should have should have gotten more flowers this award season. Yeah. Those were my snubs. Okay. Um, well, I don't have as many snubs, but. Um, one big snub was uh, Big Little Lies. I thought that should have been when this season was really good. I was I was late to the show, and I remember watching the first season in like I don't know, like like a like a weekend and a Monday, and then I was hyped for the second season, and um, it was good. It's just surprised that nothing from that one, and then uh. I don't sure if you watched it, but on Becoming a God in Central Florida with Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, I hadn't I haven't watched it yet, but I heard it was really good. Yeah, I was she she blew me away. I mean, she she was a main character, but she and she had to carry the show, but she did it flawlessly. Like the character arc in that show was was wild, and just where she started out and where she ended up when the show finished and. Um, yeah, I was a little surprised not to see her get nominated for anything, but yeah, it it really depends on the show's not only popularity but like right. I don't know star power. Like she's a big star, but right, I don't know how many people knew about the show or what right. And it it came on FX, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like an HBO show. Yeah, some of those shows, those networks, they they pump out great content, but they're not like award darlings, like right, right, Netflix or anything. Exactly. All right. We'll now get into our predictions here, where we'll just highlight the main main categories that people really care about. Um, So we'll be covering supporting actor and actress. Act, lead actor and actress, and then best uh, genre for series. So we've got, we'll start with comedy. Uh, we're starting with comedy or supporting actress? Yes. Or, okay, hold on. All right. Well, well, we'll start with the genre comedy and hit supporting actress, supporting actor, actress and actor, and do those. Do that. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. All right. So supporting actress for a comedy, the nominees are Betty Gilpin for Glow, um, wait, am I looking at the right thing? Yeah, you are. <laughs> okay, I just want to make sure. Betty Gilpin for Glow, uh, Darcy Carden for The Good Place, yeah. Yvonne Orhe for Insecure, Alex Borstein for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and I believe she won last year. Yeah. Um, Marin Hinkle for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Kate McKinnon for SNL. Cicely Strong for SNL. And Annie Murphy for Shit's Creek. Yeah. Okay. So, 
I've only seen Insecure. (laughs) (laughs) And I I don't think Yvonne will win. Um, Yeah. But I don't know who should win either. I've heard great things about Glow, especially Betty Gilpin's performance. Yeah. No, I've watched Glow. It it is really good. I think I don't know. I, I something about the Emmys they they like the Marvel's Mrs. Mays on Saturday Night Live. So Yeah. Who I think should win should be um Annie Murphy from Shits Creek because all I heard about this past year was how good Shits Creek was. So there's that. Who I want to win would be uh Darcy Carden from The Good Place because her character in that show was hilarious. So, yeah, I heard that show was great too. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it's it's kind of up in the air for me, but that's a lot of nominations. Yeah, it is. All right, and now we'll go to a supporting actor for the same category. Let me make sure I find it. Why they can't make this a little easier? Yeah, the thing. Where'd you get it from? I printed it right from the Emmy site, so... Oh, uh, yeah. So they give you, like, everything. Yeah, and the big categories were, like, smack dab in the middle. It's like, why don't you at the end or the beginning? So, Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. I thought I found it, and I didn't. Back on it. Oh, here we go. It's right here the whole time. So we have Andre Brower for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. William Jackson Harper for The Good Place. Alan Arkin for the Kaminsky Method, Sterling K. Brown for the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Tony Shalhoub for the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Mahershala Ali for Rami, Kenan Thompson for Saturday Night Live, and Daniel Levy for Schitt's Creek. Hmm. Now, this is Sterling K. Brown's second nomination this year. He has two. Yeah. Um, I've heard great things about all these. Well, not so much for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but I think Tony won last year. Um, but I've heard great things about all these characters and shows, especially um, Harper on The Good Place and Dead Levy and on Ship's Creek. <laughs> so I thought Mahershala uh, Mar- was really good, <clears throat> excuse me, in Rami. Yeah. And Keenan's been on Saturday Night Live since 2005 or something, so. Right, right. Uh, this one's tough for me, too. Just, the Marvelous Miss Maisel just didn't do it for me. There's nothing about that show that makes me want to sit down and watch it. I, honestly, I when it first came out, I was like, oh, well, maybe this is, like, something I should try to get into. Right. And I watched the first few episodes, and I was like, this is not funny. <laughs> like the way it's written like all the jokes are which I typically like like the jokes yeah. are really fast but yeah. it's I don't know it's just it it it's, wasn't funny to me I didn't yeah. and they wait till season 3 for the black person in it so right right <laughs> hmm. okay yeah that's sort of yeah, that's that's a hard category. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll move to lead actor and actress in a comedy. Um, this one's a little easier. Yeah. 
I'm gonna make sure. Oh shoot! I'm make sure I find the right thing here. That's not it. Why is this so difficult? I have it right here on the website. Do you want me to read it? <laughs> yes, go ahead, because this flipping the pages is... Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm just rolling. All right, do you, you said lead actor in a, you want to start with lead actor in a comedy series? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so we have Anthony Anderson in Blackish, Don Cheadle for Black Monday, Ted Danson in The Good Place, Michael Douglas in The Kaminsky Method, Eugene Levy, Schitt's Creek, and Rami Youssef in Rami. Okay. My should win is Don Cheadle because I think he does an excellent job in a hilarious show. Yeah. But I just don't think enough people watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I remember when it came out and I hadn't, I, I didn't know what it was, but then since then from you and just kind of reading about it, I've heard it's one really funny and two just really good. Yeah. It, it's a really good show. Um, But then again, uh, people love Shit's Creek. Right, right. And and they've basically been sort of like ignored their their entire run, so it could be like a, a send off thing for that series. Um, right. And Rami was good too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of on the. I think Eugene Levy will will win, but like you said, it'd be nice to see Don Cheeto get it. Hmm. Because I think he's been nominated before for uh, what was the Showtime show with Kristen uh, Bell? Oh my God, it's right there. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't. Yeah, that was last a few seasons, but um, yeah, I think he was nominated then for that. That okay. Um. So then, outstanding actress in the comedy series, we have <clears throat> excuse me, Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish. Mm-hmm. Christina Applegate for Dead to Me, Linda Cardinella, Linda Cardin, Cardellini for Dead to Me, Issa Rae for Insecure, Rachel Brosnahan for Marvel's Mrs. Maisel, and Catherine O'Hare for Shit's Freak. Yep. Eh, I'm gonna go with who I'd want to see win, Issa Rae, because um, <laughs> you know she goes all the way back to the awkward black girl and I think it'd be good to see her win she's funny yeah um uh, and, and then I wouldn't be mad about Catherine O'Hara winning because she she is funny and she's really good so mm-hmm. same yeah. yeah yeah um I think who will win I don't think we'll give it to Rachel because I heard this season of Maisel wasn't the best yeah um that to me might cancel each other out, even though I've heard great things about that. Maybe Tracy, because I don't know. Maybe they'll just, I don't know. I don't watch Blackish like I thought I would. No. So I, I definitely fell off that bandwagon. Yeah. All right. So that concludes our comedy uh, genre here. We'll now go to limited series or TV movie. So supporting actor for a limited series or movie are Hugh Jackman for Bad Education, Jeremy Pope for Hollywood, Mark Ruffalo for I Know This Much Is True, Paul Mescal for Normal People, and Jeremy Irons for Watchmen. 
Hmm. Now, I will say I was surprised that Jeremy Iron got a lead actor because I didn't think he was a lead. Yeah, we didn't know who he was until like the third episode. Yeah, so I don't know how that works. I thought, you know, Yaya was more of a lead than yeah. him, but who knows. Um, so I've seen all these except for Normal People, which I still don't know what that's about. It's about some high schoolers. One's rich, one's not. They start having sex with each other. They're white. It's on Hulu. That's it. Yeah. That's all I know. <laughs> See, I had no idea what it was about at all. Yeah. The, 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 the show is based off a book of the same title by this writer, Sally Rooney. And she's young. I mean, she's, she, well, we're like the same age. I think she's just 28, but oh, wow. it, was a, it was a hit when it came out. And so, um, yeah. Mm. But, mm. Right. So I think he'll be a long shot. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, Mark Ruffalo did like what the Emmys love, like a a raw double right. performance. Um, but Hugh Jackman was really good in Bad Education as well. Right. Yeah, I think it's too close to call between those two, but I think I'd want to see Mark Ruffalo win because, damn, that was a depressing show, but it was good. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah. While I think Jeremy Pope was really good in Hollywood, I think he might be just too new for voters. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. And then we have... What was that? Lead that was actor. Limited Series. Okay. Um, so Actress in Limited Series, is that what we're ready for? Yep, yep. Okay, I'll say lead actress in limited series. We've got Kerry Washington for Low Fires Everywhere, uh, Kate Blanchett for Mrs. America, Octavia Spencer for Self Made, inspired by the life of Madam C.J. Walker, Shira Haas for Unorthodox, and Regina King for Watchmen. Yeah, I'm just straight going for Regina King. And if yeah. she doesn't win, we're going to riot. Like, yeah. Because there, she had the performance of the season. Like, yeah, absolutely. Hands absolutely. down. Um, I started Mrs. America. I don't know if I'll finish it. Self May was literally just okay. Like I want yeah. better for Octavia. Just yeah. I mean, her Madam C.J. Walker's story it should be told, but I that just didn't do it. Yeah, um, Carrie was good in Little Fires Everywhere, but I don't think it beats. Regina. And I don't know if like she was brand new. I don't think she can. Yeah. And she was good. And she was, yeah. she was a really emotional performance, but yeah, I, she's not going to beat out anybody in this category. That would be a upset for the ages. Right. And this would be like Regina's fourth Emmy for this yeah. category. Cause I think she won it twice for American crime. Uh, once for seven seconds on Netflix. So she's in, out here sweeping low key. Yeah, man, she's she's good. All right. Um, so then supporting actor and actress for a limited series, correct? Yes. Let's see if I can finagle this. Okay. So supporting actress in a limited series. 
We've got Holland Taylor for Hollywood, mm-hmm. Uzo, Abu- Uzo Aduba for Mrs. America, Margot Martindale for Mrs. America, Tracy Ullman for Mrs. America, Tony Collette for Unbelievable, and Gene Smart for Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, out of that list, I've only seen Unbelievable, so I guess I have to go with Tony Collette. That was really good. That was. I've heard great things about, it, but I have not gotten to see to seen it yet. Yeah, it was it was good. It's um, it's heavy too, but yeah, Tony Collette. She she's one of those actresses that yeah she I guess when she gets a role she just throws her all into it because she mm-hmm. killed that role. But um, but yeah, and then Gene Smart was good in Watchmen, but you know, yeah, even. even I mean, she was a supporting actress for sure, but we really didn't see that much of her. Like, right. 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 Um, what's I going to say? I've seen, I've heard great things about Uzo in Mrs. America. Like, most people champion the Shirley Chisholm episode as being one of the best of the series. Yeah. So, take that as you leave it. Um, but Holland Taylor was really good in Hollywood. Yeah. She was. I liked her character. But yeah, I don't know who will come out on top, really. Okay, then we have supporting actor for the same category. Mm-hmm. We've got Dylan McDermott for Hollywood, Jim Parsons for Hollywood, Titus Burgess for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Kimmy versus the Reverend, Yaya Abdul Mateen II for Watchmen. Javon Adepo for Watchmen, and finally Lewis Gossett Jr. for Watchmen. Hmm. <clears throat> no, I, I could probably get Hollywood done before this. Morning. I'm here. I okay. Could, yeah, my connection was unstable, so then like Zoom was like loading, and you just okay. Again. But what were you saying? Oh, I was just saying. I was saying it was a, it was kind of a hard category. I haven't seen Hollywood. But I've seen Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. But um, I think out of that, I would give it to Yaya because the Giovanna Depo, we 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 got what like an episode of him, really? Yeah, he was in the Extraordinary Bean episode. Yeah, and then Lou is Gossett Jr. He would kind of appeared here and there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I I give it to Yaya. I would lean toward Yaya, but. I've, I've seen Watchmen in Hollywood. Um, both Dylan and Jim give great performances. It's really fun seeing Dylan McDermott because um, you I know he has range but you don't really get to see it that much I guess you'd say. No. Yeah, he kind of always plays the same character. Yeah, but in this one he's like totally something new and fun. And then Jim Parsons gives a really daring performance performance as real life Henry Wilson who was like a, a talent agent but yeah. a vicious horrible man really um, yeah. so it, it was interesting seeing him play like this sort of complicated villain per se what's, ca- what's crazy about Jim Parsons is that he can like he can act have you ever seen the normal heart no yeah if you ever check that out it's I th- I, it was on HBO a while ago. It's kind of about the AIDS epidemic in the 80s. Anyways, he was um, 
it, it was different because up to then, I'd only ever seen him in uh, what's that geeky show? Oh, Big Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah, but he was he was surprising. Yeah, I think that's what many people see him as as that character. Right. Here, he's he's something totally different. He really brings it. So I could see him challenging Yaya. All right, that concludes our limited series and TV movie. We'll now move to drama. Um, supporting actor in a drama series. We've got Gian- Giancarlo Esposito for Better Call Saul, Bradley Whitford for The Handmaid's Tale, Billy Crudup for The Morning Show, Mark Duplass for The Morning Show, Nicholas Braun for Succession, Kieran Culkin for Succession, Matthew McFadden for for Succession, and finally Jeffrey Wright for Westworld. Um, Oh, before I I answer this, what I was going to say is in that supporting um, actress category, not to take anything away from Jean Smart, but that should have definitely gone to, okay, I'm going to put her name, Hung Chao. Um, Yes. Because after Regina King, I'm not sure how you go to Gene Smart as the next person. It had to be Lady, uh, what was her name? Lady, Lady True. Is that? Yeah. Is? Yeah. Yeah. That I'm. I'm glad you made that point because she was definitely higher profile in that show. Yeah. And gave a hard performance. That, I mean, goes to show the sort of one name of power of your name and two just. Right racism like yeah i'm not sure how she didn't get anything because she had the episodes when we found out that her daughter was her mother and all that she had gone through and everything it was just yeah she should be nominated yeah definitely all right uh i'll say in supporting actor i don't watch bear call saw or handmaid's tale or the morning show or succession (laughs) (laughs) Jeffrey Wright, I mean, he's good. I, I don't know if he'll win. Yeah. I think he's had better performances in other seasons of Westworld. Westworld, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this one is going to somebody from Succession. Yeah, that's sort of like the new Game of Thrones for HBO. Right. All right, and supporting actress for the same category, we have Laura Dern for Big Little Lies. Meryl Streep for Big Little Lies, Helen Bonham Carter for The Crown, Samara Wiley for The Handmaid's Tale, Fiona Shaw for Killing Eve, Julia Garner for Ozark, Sarah Snook for Succession, and Fandy Newton for Westworld. Now, luckily I've seen most of these shows. So I would, I, I want to see Fiona Shaw win because to me, this was her best season. Yeah. And it was all, it was like her season. We saw her more than anybody. I mean, they killed her son. So, mm-hmm. um, so I'd like to see either her win or Thandi Newton, but something tells me it's going to go to Laura Dern. Cause she was, she was not that she doesn't deserve it. She was good in Big Little Lies, but she was memed so much because of the stuff she did. Her character <laughs> went nuts in the, in the show. So I think she'll get it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've heard, I get to start that show, but I've heard she was good in it. But yeah, I agree. Fiona Shaw was excellent this season, Killing Eve. Yeah, for sure. Um, and Thandie won last year for Westworld, so I'm not right. sure if can repeat, but 
Yeah. Agreed. So that leaves us lead actor and lead actress in a drama series. Let me see these. Lead actor in a drama series. We've got Steve Carell for The Morning Show, Jason Bateman for Ozark, Billy Porter for Pose, Brian Cox for Succession, Jeremy Strong for Succession, and Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us. Uh, I don't think Billy Porter is going to get it. I don't think so either. Hmm. I, I say either somebody from Succession or Sterling K. Brown. Yeah, because Sterling won, I think, the first year for This Is Us, which has been at least three yeah. years ago almost. And he's, I mean, he's great. He's one of the big reasons a lot of people watch the show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Succession has sort of risen above the cream of the crop here. So right. the one that will take it. I uh, have no problem with Porter being nominated, but I really think... Um, one of the female actresses from that show should be in the lead actress right. category and winning over him because I don't consider him as a lead in that show either. Right. So, lead actress in drama series, our nominees are Olivia Coleman for The Crown, Zendaya, Zendaya for Euphoria, Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, Sandra O oh for Killing Eve. And Jennifer Aniston for The Morning Show. Oh, and Laura Lenny for Ozark. I think I left yeah. her off my list. Ha <laughs> ha! Um, okay. This is a tough one, too. Who do I want to win? Zendaya. Exactly. Absolutely. But who do I think will win? Uh, hopefully Zendaya. I, I, I'm really hoping that she's the she brings it in. Yeah, some I know it's a long shot, but some reason I feel the Emmys are going to lean that way. Yeah, I do too. Because she's young, young. She's kind of built up a name for herself, and this is like the role to sort of right jumpstart her adult career, acting right. career. And, and 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 like Fiona Shaw though, Jodie Comer. This was a season where we finally saw her. Mm-hmm. exhibit some range and we know Sandra O oh can act but she she was almost a background character this season yeah yeah very much so and that leads us to our top categories here oh. best comedy tv movie limited series and drama first up outstanding comedy series the nominees are curb your enthusiasm dead to me the Good Place, Insecure, The Kaminsky Method, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Schitt's Creek, and What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, uh, I'd like to see Insecure win. I think Schitt's Creek's probably going to win, though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a stacked. Yeah, oh, for sure. For sure. And, and what we do in the shadows comes on FX. It is absolutely hilarious. It's 
it, it's the strangest premise, but it's really good. It's like the story about some <laughs> vampires that have come back to life and they're just kind of living in the modern world trying to f- keep up with custom. It's, it's so strange. It sounds stupid to explain it, but it's it's hilarious. I'll have to get into it. Yeah. There's a, again, the, the queue is full. <laughs> yes, yes. I understand. <laughs> Clearing out. All right, that brings us to Outstanding TV Movie. We have American Son, Bad Education, Dolly Parton's Heartstrings, These Old Bones, El Camino, A Breaking Bad Movie, and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Kimmy versus the Reverend. Uh, bad Education all the way. Yeah. yeah. I saw American Son. It was okay. Yeah. I had no idea Dolly Parton's thing. I knew, I mean, I knew that thing existed, but I had no idea it was going to hop into the categories. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> what? Right. Um, and I did not watch El Camino or Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. So, I mean, bad education is by far the best on the list. Right, absolutely. Now it brings us to Outstanding Limited Series. We have Little Fires Everywhere, Mrs. America, Unbelievable, Unorthodox, and Watchmen. All female-led series. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I'd like to see why I I think it's I think it's going to be Watchmen. I'm not sure. Not that the other ones aren't good. I'm just not sure they're good enough to yeah compete with what Watchmen did. Yeah, Watchmen was the show of 2019. Like that, absolutely. This whenever premiered Christmas, December, whenever it was just it it's it sucked all the air out of the room. Right. Yeah. And finally, we have Outstanding Drama Series. We've got Better Call Saul, The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, Killing Eve, The Mandalorian, Ozark, Stranger Things, and Succession. I'd like to see Killing Eve win. I think of those shows, I'm the biggest fan of that one. Um, but something tells me it's going to be between the crown and the succession and probably better call Saul. Yeah, I can see, like, I'm really hyped that Mandalorian's on here because the show was good. And, yeah. And it's so, so far left for the Emmys to nominate something of that genre. Um. But I, I do think it'll be between Succession and maybe Ozark because people love that show. Yeah. Like, they love that show. And the final seasons will be coming up soon. So I think they want to reward it before the end. I am perplexed by Stranger Things because <laughs> that... Yeah. I mean, I know it's eligible, but that came out so long ago. Right, right. And the, I, it's... I don't know. I think it's had better. It had, it's the previous season have been better to covet this sort of right. honor. So that's that's what I'm saying. I'm confused on the dates, man. Like 
They got to start putting that out. Because Stranger Things may have dropped, what, 2019 after the Emmys? Or yeah, I think after maybe. the. Because it, it was July 4th. Yeah. Yeah. That that's have been right. after the, the original um, time thing. Right, right. Because the Emmys would have been that fall. So, yeah, it's been. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, man. Come on. So, yeah. 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 So. I see succession sort of succeeding because, yeah. Mm-hmm. That concludes our feature presentation. Uh, we just want to reiterate the Emmys are set to premiere Sunday, September 20th at 8 p.m. on ABC. Before we get out of here, what are you streaming for the weekend? Um, well, I'm going to start Succession. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, I probably should. So I think that's a hop into that and see how many episodes I can get down, see what it's all about. Yeah, I agree. I need, I said I was going to and I didn't. Yeah. I've watched episode one. So I think it'll be start. to sort of discuss just like briefly where we're at and what we think about it before right. the end or whatever. I think they, they're they're set to shoot again shooting season three like near the end of the year so we've got time before okay any of that um for me tomorrow i will be bidding farewell to agents of shield on abc they'll have a two-hour series finale seven seasons of just like epic proportions of the show um it's sad to see see it go because it's the final series from um, the Jeff Loeb-led Marvel TV division before Kevin Feige, like, took over. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And then Friday is Netflix's Project Power with Jamie Foxx and Joseph Jordan-Levitt. Um, yeah. So that should be interesting. So that's what I hope to, to watch this week. All right, Tess. All right. And next week will be our season two finale. Yeah. Um, we'll be doing our final entry of the What a Time to Be Alive series where we will finally be discussing the television from the last decade. So 2009 to you know 2020, whatever. Just right. the shows, the highlight and whatnot. Um, and then we'll be on a short hiatus before we initiate season three sometime in September. So. Yep. All right, then. In the meantime, keep... Oh. Please stay in touch with us on social media. <laughs> Sorry. At AS Life Podcasts and on our website, streamablelife.wordpress.com. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to It's Streamable Life whenever, wherever you listen to podcasts. And until next time, keep on streaming. Peace. This has been It's a Streamable Life, a podcast chronicling life in a peak entertainment era. Listen, share, rate, and subscribe weekly on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get streamable live.